0: I'm Penny Bell, and last time on Discovering Dementia, I introduced you to my mum, who'd just been given her dementia diagnosis. She got medication to help with her memory, but at that point, there wasn't a lot else available to us. So I made it my mission to start searching for information, something to help us understand things better, maybe some pointers on what to do next. And almost the first thing I came across was an online website for The Alzheimer's Show in London it seemed to be offering a one-stop shop for people with dementia, their carers and professionals. A place, I thought, where maybe we could start finding some answers. So I went to check it out at a very noisy Olympia and spoke to as many people as I could to try and get a flavour of what was going on. I'm just making my way along this busy street in London, going to the Alzheimer's show, which is a two-day event which started yesterday, and it brings together professionals and carers and families who are are dealing with dementia. So I'm just going to go in and see what it's all about. I've just come into this area, so this is Bounce Alzheimer's Therapy. And what's your name?
1: My name is Marco Santini. I'm the inventor and founder of Inclusion Table Tennis. It is a combination of squash and table tennis. Basically, there are vertical sidewalls. Uh, that you can attach to your table tennis table to create new angles and new dimensions of play.
0: And why is that particularly good for someone who's got Alzheimer's?
1: Great question. So we find that not only are you working with forward and back kind of vertical motion, but you're working with horizontal uh, understanding. The walls actually function as bumpers, so they keep the ball on the table a little bit longer. They give confidence to players who are, you know, not as as um, skilled. And when the ball would, you know, be going out of bounds or be rolling towards the net, it actually stays on. So. We did a study yesterday with King's College. We're doing another one um, in a few weeks. We found that you're basically using a low uh, level of, of uh, intensity, but still maintaining a high level of mental acuity. So you're standing in one spot, and you're still staying extremely active. Not only being able to see the ball, not being not only being able to return the ball, but being able to hear where the ball is, to be able to predict where it will be, and to be able to use that to um, you know keep the keep the game going. Um, there is a curved portion, as you see. That connects the vertical wall to the table and that kind of gives people a lot of excitement when it bounces up in kind of different and crazy ways. People usually smile and get excited about that. So um, there's a bit of unpredictability. There's a bit of excitement. There's just kind of getting to all the different senses at once.
0: So the research that you're planning to do is that? Are you hoping that's going to show that there's a difference in people's cognitive abilities through playing?
1: Correct. Yeah. So there has been a study done recently in Japan that has shown that table tennis has been known to be a very um, highly stimulating mental game. And we are going to be taking that to hopefully a new level by looking at Alzheimer's patients over a 12-week course to see you know to basically uh, believe to scan their brains in the beginning, see the 12 weeks, compare them to a control group of people who are going to be um, just walking kind of going about their daily lives for 12 weeks and then scanning them at the end to see exactly what has changed and hopefully what has improved.
2: I've stopped at some of the activities uh, booths, talking about activities for people with dementia. Now, this is very, very interesting because some of these products they've got should be in all the homes, from the pack dogs that have got a battery in the breathe to big, big jigsaw puzzles and then Helping Hands I was just going back to because they're showing us what it feels like to have dementia. They're putting on the glasses you can't see out very much and the rubber gloves you can't feel very much. You know, I haven't got around everywhere yet but it's lovely to talk to people and find new activities and get more awareness to share at Dad's home.
0: Have you learnt a lot of new things today?
2: Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, I'm already a bit clued up because I work with autistic children. So a lot of things I do with my children I'll take to the care home. I'll have a little rummage box of things Dad can go through and then share it with everybody. So a lot of things here I thought, oh, yeah, I thought of that. But let's see, for better, I'm going to do it that way now. I'm going to try that.
0: Have you, had, no, have you had a so. chance to
2: talk to other people here who are in a similar position to you? No, I haven't, because it's like you don't have a lot of time. I, I feel like I want to go and listen to some lectures, I want to go around, but it's funny, I was sitting in the toilet and two lovely ladies come in and had a conversation, and I really thought, I want to get out of the toilet now So yeah, I'm in the same position, I'm on my own, my brother doesn't help me, like you're saying. There's probably so many of us here in the same position, carers with not a lot of help and this has given us a lot of support and information. Fabulous show, really enjoying it. My
3: name's Hazel, and I have been fairly recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It was a slow decline. I mean, I, I started having the odd memory lift. So when it got worse, I went back and, back and eventually I got the diagnosis and now I'm on the medication and, you know, not very happy. <laughs> Have you noticed a change since you've been on the medication? Uh, it's difficult, yes, perhaps. I, I think it has... I mean, it, you wouldn't perhaps realise that right now, but I think it has... I mean, it's it's difficult to know because, of course, I've been incredibly depressed as well. I mean, that's just the most crushing diagnosis that anybody could get, almost the most crushing. But I do feel a bit better on it. I feel a bit sort of more sharper. Sometimes I'm a bit too sharp, (laughs) but then I always was, so that's my old personality. (laughs)
4: I'm Dr. Gabriella Cox. I'm Head of Development and Strategy at Recognition. So what does Recognition actually do? Recognition Health is a cognitive expert clinic seeing a range of individuals with a range of diagnoses, all with cognitive impairments, so ranging from patients that have got maybe autism, ADHD at a younger age, right up to all-cause dementias in uh, the sub 65 From a research purpose, we are involved in clinical trials for Alzheimer's disease. A large number of the studies are focusing on patients that have mild cognitive impairment um, secondary to Alzheimer's disease, and by definition, their cognitive impairment is something that's more than you would expect for their age or education level but not impacting on their activities of daily living um, and if they have that early pickup of mild cognitive impairment then the study allows to ascertain whether there is an Alzheimer's disease underpinning that and these are looking then at medications that try and delay the progression of someone at that stage into a dementia and Alzheimer's dementia.
0: Are these new medications that we wouldn't have seen yet?
4: Absolutely so these are new medications and they are in charge phase still so they're not licensed treatments the things that are licensed the medications that are licensed currently are under come under the umbrella of um, symptomatic treatments the most common is donepezil or aricept um, the new medications on the studies would fall under the category of disease modifying treatments i think the first hurdle here is to say do these drugs work have we got developed a disease modifying treatment which would be an absolute fantastic hurdle to get over there's been no new medication since 1997 and it is an unacceptable problem and we need to provide uh, better management for patients.
5: My name is Serena Snowd, and I'm the online community manager at Alzheimer's Society. I look after our peer uh, support and information service which is called Talking Points and I'm here at the Alzheimer's show today to let people know about the services and the information that the society can offer. Okay and what sort of things do you offer? a helpline so people can call, and that's seven days a week. We're also able to offer an online support service, fact sheets and information. We have local services which are available across England and Wales and Northern Ireland. And we also have other activities and campaigning and other things that people can get involved with. And have you had many people come and visit your stand today? Yes, we've been very, um, very happy to see so many people. Yesterday we actually ran out of publications and had to go and get some more. Um, and it's been fantastic to talk to people, not only people who are professionally involved in dementia, but also people who are caring and may have questions about kind of practical and day to day needs. Definitely over the the last um, couple of years, we've noticed that people are getting diagnosed with dementia earlier. So diagnosis is improving, which then means that people are able to live um, very positively and very actively with dementia. And so the society has been developing some publications uh, for people with dementia and has also been looking at the sort of services that we offer and the ways that we can help people with dementia to stay in work, for example, or to get involved in the local community. Um, There's also some work we've been doing around dementia-friendliness and so how society as a whole can start to embrace dementia and to understand it better. So I think that ultimately will help, and hopefully that's a good step forward for everyone. My name's Jill,
6: and I am from Newby, well the fact that I'm living with Alzheimer's so it's been interesting for me to go and see what there is about the research. How how long ago was your diagnosis? Um two thousand and twelve, so I was fifty eight. But I, I'm it's a very early days for me still. But it, it's for me it's interesting to have a look around because who knows next five years I don't really like to think about the future and we don't think about we don't even ever talk about it together so this is really the first time we've talked about really what what we can do, what will happen
0: Is that as a result of coming to the show today? Really yeah I think so Yeah, definitely. So you're here with someone else who's my daughter
7: What's your name?
0: Um, my name's Claire so have you found it beneficial, Claire?
7: Yeah, it's really interesting to
6: see properly what's um, available because before I just kind of had an idea of just these sort of drab care homes and um, and people dying of dementia in a horrible ways. So it's actually really nice to see that there's people out there living with it and making their own decisions in advance and looking actually looking at some of the care home options that are available and some of the things that are available and I didn't realise that it, so there is so much out there that's
8: you know positive. Positive. Yeah,
6: positive, it's really sort of actually put a positive spin on what's a horrible horrible diagnosis, it's never going to be good but this has made it, made me realise that it's not all bad really glad, okay.
0: What, what's been the best thing
6: for you? I think when you've got um, Alzheimer's, you've got dementia um, everything in your life can feel so negative but with Especially if carers came here and more people who had dementia came here to see that actually it's there's so much more things that are positive to actually enhance your life, to sort of live well with it. I mean, I particularly like one of the stores I went to, which was the Help Need help find, has it? (laughs) One of those words where they've got all these these signs that you can stick on drawers and things. I think things like that are just superb. There's just so much, so simple things that you can do and somewhere like this, I think is,
8: it's just so positive.
7: My name is Jo and I'm from Enfield. My husband has Parkinson's and Louis Body's Dementia and I just want to um, find out a lot more about how I deal with it, the situation, which is uh, always very difficult. How long have you been looking after him for? He was diagnosed in 2010 and it's just um, each day is getting worse and worse and more and more problems and how you deal with them. Have you had much support? I have a lot of good support from our local carers, um, but I I just find the whole thing very daunting. Have you got family who are able to help you? Uh, I have family and they are very helpful, but in practicality everybody has their own lives and um, families to deal with, and so it is quite hard. What do you find is the most difficult thing day to day? Um... Dealing with his deterioration, which when you're looking at it on your own, you're, you're never quite sure whether it's you or him, and and how you, you just deal day to day, I, I find that the most difficult thing
0: you got any strategies that you've learned over time that work well
7: um, yes you're you given a lot of good advice um, how not to sort of aggravate people stand back from situations where you would probably have just jumped in and said no that's not right but it, it I think when you're in that position you're very tired a lot of the time and it's not an easy thing to do you have to Change your life completely. How you deal with the person that you've always known as a different person
0: it must be very difficult.
7: It is. It's. It's. It, in practicality, it's very hard because it changes your life in a way that you don't think it will. Um, like not being able to go on holidays. My husband can't drive the car anymore. He still thinks he can, but he can't. Um, his license has been revoked by the DVLA lots of changes in your life and he gets very frustrated and, um, and I get the brunt of it. How does that make you feel? Um, not very good, really. Um, you, you just feel a bit inadequate that you can't deal with the situation and, and you, you just have to make decisions that you thought you'd never have to make.
8: My name's Rachel Thompson. I'm the professional lead for Admiral Nursing and I work with a charity called Dementia UK. We're here as an organisation to provide advice and support for people who want to know more about dementia, and we've been offering uh, one-to-one clinics, which are staffed by Admiral Nurses, Um, and Admiral Nurses are experienced dementia specialist nurses. And our clinics are an opportunity for families to just come and talk to us about any issues that they want to find out more about dementia, about information that will help them understand changes in people's behaviour, symptoms, getting some practical advice and information about how to get support in their local area, um, and any other questions that people have in relation to caring for somebody with dementia.
0: Are they tending to look after people who are more advanced in their dementia, perhaps? Do you know,
8: it's really, that's an interesting question because advanced doesn't necessarily mean that that's the kind of the, the hardest part of the journey. Sometimes it's more difficult earlier on. So we'll often find we're working with people who've got what we call atypical dementias. So the dementias that are harder to diagnose because they haven't got the classic symptoms of memory loss changes in functioning so some of the more atypical dementias people present with symptoms like changes in behavior but not necessarily memory loss so other health professionals sometimes they recognize that it is a dementia or don't have the understanding expertise to know well Particular things like what we call frontotemporal type dementias, which where the symptoms are slightly different. So that's where adminologists I think sometimes come into their own because they've got that just the extra level of understanding and knowledge. So um so sometimes the journey's harder around
9: the beginning. My name is Christina MacDonald, I'm the online editor for the Alzheimer's show and I'm also an author and writer. Well, I actually came to the show purely from, as a consumer, as a member of the public, um, last year. Um, I'd, um, my mother was diagnosed with vascular dementia a number of years ago and I was looking for more information really about how, how I could improve her care and just make sure she was getting the best care and receiving the best care and also was receiving all the support um, that she was entitled to. So I came along to the show um, to meet some experts and just talk to people and find out a bit more about dementia because I think dementia is a a learning curve. You're always learning something about it and the the better informed you are about it, in my opinion, the better placed you are to look after a person that's affected. So I came to the show as a member of the public, thought it was really interesting, thought there were a lot of experts, loved all the talks and then obviously wanted to get involved and see what I could do and wanted to write about it myself and it's it's become, if you like, a passion for me in terms of educating people about dementia
10: My name's Brian Daniels, and I've written a play called Don't Leave Me Now, which explores the impact of early-onset dementia on two very different families. We've had over 80 performances now of this play all over England and in in Northern Ireland as well. And I wrote the play when an old friend of mine told me about her partner who had developed early-onset dementia, and she'd been writing a journal. This friend was called Rachel Dixie, and the journal has now been published... And we're also promoting the book here. It's called uh, Our Dementia Diary. Um, So when I started to write the play, I looked at that journal and I was interested to find out what had happened when the behaviour of her partner started to become, you know, rather more bizarre, what led to the diagnosis, how they coped afterwards with the diagnosis and how they had to reshape their lives and their future. And I then wanted to contrast that with another couple who had been together for 40 years, who also developed, the the husband also developed early onset dementia, and they had a grown-up daughter. And what happens in families when dementia, and not necessarily dementia, it could be any life-limiting illness, strikes, and you have to reconsider your future. We've been on our stand promoting the book, and I've been meeting people who've been coming up to me who saw an extract of the play that we performed yesterday And one lady came up and she's interested to have the play translated into Polish with a production in Poland. And that would never have happened without uh, being at the Alzheimer's show.
0: So the day is over, everyone has packed up and is heading home. There was so much information, a sort of overwhelming amount of information on caring, care breaks, law information... Um, gadgets, it was just amazing that it was all there under one roof but I think one of the main um, aspects was all the different talks that you could go to to learn about different areas and there was so much choice it was hard to fit in enough time to to see all the talks but very helpful and they all seemed to be really well attended and there were workshops as well demonstrating various things so I think everybody got a lot out of the day Um, if I picked up any sort of gaps if you like I think it's just that uh, there seem to be more people who are diagnosed at an early stage who are relatively well and want to carry on living life to the full. And maybe there is a gap there in terms of support they can access and perhaps just an opportunity to meet other people in the in similar situation. Thanks to everyone who spoke to me at the Alzheimer's show for being so honest and sharing their experiences. It made me realise that I am not on my own with this, that there is help out there for mum and I. And actually, it's a learning curve for everyone. The Alzheimer's show is on again shortly on the 9th and 10th of June 2017 at Olympia in London and also in the north this year in Manchester at Event City on the 23rd and 24th of June 2017. And this time there'll be a carer's corner where you can chat to other carers and ask questions and that's being run by Dementia Help. And you can find out more at the Alzheimer's Show website at www.alzheimershow.co.uk. You've been listening to episode two of Discovering Dementia. Next time, we'll hear more from someone we met at the show. If you have a story about dementia you'd like to share, please get in touch. You can find us on iTunes and on Twitter at Dementia Podcast. This episode of Discovering Dementia was produced by Penny Bell and Chica Ayers.